I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Games people play. Black, white, chalk lines on black asphalt. Regulate child's play in these concrete cages. But these boundaries needed to unleash cage imaginations. Imperfect geometric boxes and shapes creating the perfect world for inner city boys and girls. Because within this city, grass is not growth. Grass that can protect young needs from being scraped raw and leaving battle scars for life. But battles of the friendliest kind, with mid-court circles, are actually odd-shaped elliptical ovals that are tangent to the top of the three-point arc. But they're still seen as perfect through a child's eyes. Because you see, simplicity is the key. And they just simply want to have fun. And who are we to say there's something missing in their world? After all, it is their world, and you can't miss what you never had. But we cry for fish kept in tanks and animals locked in zoo cages because of their confinement. But have you never known freedom? Can't truly recognize when you're being held captive? Chalk lines on black asphalt. Turn barren roadways into multi-numbered obstacle courses with names like Hopscotch and Skelly. Children playing childish games without worry. The tools are the same. The rules are the same. And losing? Just part of the game. Games passed down from generation to generation with everyone trying to lay claim to the same star play from yesteryear. The one who was forced into early retirement because the game became too demanding without ever understanding how the minors gave birth to the majors and how all the plays became endangered. Hey, yo, that's my red top, man. Nah, the one with the clay. You always cheat when we play Skelly. I'm saying, that's my red top. That's my red top, man. That's my red top. That's my red top, man. I said, that's my red top. That's my red top, man. Get them blue tops out of here. No blue tops on my block, only my red tops. Yo, where's my Glock? Cloud, cloud, cloud. Yeah, chalk lines on black asphalt. Still defining the games being played in these concrete cages. But today's chalk lines are no longer geometric boxes and shapes outlining called boundaries. They're now more flowing and graceful. Tag, you're it. That piece of real estate that you used to fight over that wasn't even yours because it didn't have your name on it, now belongs to you. Thanks to that life-size mirror now basking in the spotlight of prayer candles. Can't spare any drug money to buy a card, so a torn piece of cardboard would have to do. Cardboard splattered with spray paint that's used to replace a day's basketball course. As they outline the last shake and bake move executed by today's man child, these new millennium chalk lines now marking their final resting place as they are now bench for all eternity. Hey. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you. you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Another one line 
grind today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. I hope today you realize, you realize your worth. There's work to do. Let's get to it. Folks and soul family, we got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I mean, when I say we have a legend in the building, ladies and gentlemen, we have a legend in the building. I mean, this this interview was so many interviews in the making. I mean, if you've been following the podcast since it began, I've had some pretty key interviews, pretty key interviews throughout this one full year that I've been doing this podcast and especially in the New York area because you no know, naturally I'm from New York Brooklyn stand up and uh it was some key interviews that was taking place and while I was doing these interviews one particular name just kept coming up this one particular name kept coming up and when I tell you his name, you already know who he is. But let's get into this. Let me give him the proper introduction that he deserves. I'm talking about none other than the legend, Nathan P. Whether through his career in social services or his presence on the spoken word scene, Nathan Pearson, AKA Nathan P, has found a way to uplift, motivate, inspire as well as entertain those he crossed paths with. Beginning in 2000, he began, he became a New Yorican Poets Cafe Grand Slam finalist and a slam host hosting the cafe for seven years as well as hundreds of other venues and events, earning him the reputation as the host of the experience. His poetic travels have taken him to several college campuses, three poetic off-Broadway productions, two chat books, one CD, Chalk Lines on Black Asphalt, and we're going to get into that, countless performances, and blessed and as blessed to meet and perform with the Fort Knox vault of talented artists. In 2002, he became one of the founding members of a poetry trope called Machismo Redefined, alongside Eric Crow Draven, John Chance Acevedo, and one other member, they performed in multiple venues throughout New York City and Northeast Colleges. He hosted and performed at NYC Inspired Word and is the host and a member of the Wonderful Agents of Change, a poetry collective consisting of social workers and educators using poetry to make a difference in the community they work in. Alongside founders Helena D. Lewis, Raul Rios, and Eric Crow Draven, Nathan performs and all the proceeds that they collect is donated to a worthy charity. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let's welcome to the Spoken Soul Session studio, the legendary Mr. Nathan P. <laughs> my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother. Oh, oh poetic black. <laughs> You are. You, you make are, me sound so good, <laughs> my brother. You are. You are that man. I mean, I mean, you are definitely my brother. When I say a legend, I don't. I don't use that word lightly. You know what I'm saying? I've been around the 
the spoken word, you know, realm for a number of years. And your name, your presence, like when 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 we speak of you, we speak of you with a with an honor, my brother. And um, I mean, you've been through the trenches, man. I mean, you you're like one of those poets, man, like what I call a journeyman. That throughout the years, your your style, it it, it just morphs. Like you never become obsolete, you never become outdated. Your style is always refreshing and it's always felt. My brother, man, I mean, I'm so I'm so honored to really have you in the building, man. Like this is these are true accolades coming from the bottom of my heart, man. Because I know the work, firsthand knowledge of the work that you've put in on these streets. And this day, man, I really want to celebrate you, man. I really want people to know how much you've influenced poets like myself and a slew of other poets in NY. My brother, you are you are definitely that dude. Now, getting to the meat, the the nitty gritty, man. The, wow. the nitty gritty, man. I I just gotta say, you just totally humble me, me brother. Mm. Uh, I'm just wow. Most definitely, my brother. You you are definitely deserving of it, man. You are really deserving thank of you. it, man. And, and thank um, you for having me here tonight. Most definite, man. Most definite. I knew this was in the making. You know, I've been I've been planning this because you was like the final piece of this puzzle. Because when I came on the scene, I came on the scene back in 2007. And in 2007, you know what I'm saying? Your name was ringing bells. Your name was ringing bells from the New Yo, from the NYC-inspired word. Your name was ringing bells. And I had actually got a chance to perform right alongside of you in Eric Crow Draven's, you know, The Cypher. And it was like, it was like, wow, man, like I heard so much about you. It was like, you go to a venue and your name will pop up. Yo, you you know Nathan P or, yo, you heard that joint Nathan P did? Yo, they was at the Inspired Word and your name will flow. Like it was with an open mic, uh, uh, with open mics because I was one of those slam rats. Like I would go to every place that had a mic that I can get on. And the place to go was the New Yo and the Inspired Word. And so happily, you was the host of both of those shows, both of those. And they were both successful shows under, you know what I'm saying? Under your, under you hosting them. And um, you brought the poets out, man. You really brought the poets out. So I want to get into the, the the formalities of the interview to get out the way because my, my audience will kill me. They will email me. They were like, yo, you didn't ask them the question. The one question I ask everyone is, Mr. Nathan P., why poetry? Why po? Why spoken word? It could have been anything else, man. It could be anything else. But why do you you decide to use this medium, you know, to 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 bring your expression to the world, man? Tell us, please, my brother. What I will actually have to say shows me. Um, in, in 1999 doing like uh, work with a nonprofit organization, doing career development, motivational workshops and the like. And one of the sisters I partnered with, her name was Princess Jenkins. And she ran a nonprofit organization that supported black women entrepreneurs. And one of the members, her name was Pamela Salon, Princess was like, oh, Pamela's doing a, an open mic this summer. You should come and check it out. 
like uh, open mic or poetry. <laughs> and I told her I haven't read a poem since grade school. Said, you know, come out, you'll enjoy it. So I went kicking and screaming and sat there, and it was the first time I was exposed to spoken word. And in the midst of sitting there, I was like, can I, can I, can I share something? And they said, sure. So I didn't have any poetry, but I had a piece I would do in my workshops. It was called The Story of Success. And it just told the story of a group of individuals that were able to look down on the next person and the next person and the next person to the last was able to look on the first. Mm. They got a great reaction, but I got a charge. Mm. So leaving the spot, I on the train ride home, the only paper I had on me was a flyer for the event. Mm. And I wrote the first poem I've wrote since grade school. And that's what I called it. And it was crap, <laughs> but I wrote it. <laughs> and I came back the next week with a notebook. And for the six weeks of the summer, I was there every week and sharing these little uh, Humpty Dumpty type poems. <laughs> but I was hooked. So when the series ended, I was like, well, I wonder if there's other places you can go. I wonder if there's other places, other places. Started Googling, and I saw the name New Eurekan Poets Cafe. Mm. And the rest is history. Oh, my God, man. The rest is history, <laughs> man. Because, wow, it's like the echoes of your name is, is legendary in that spot. Like, when you go through that spot, Nathan P., like, it bounces off the walls, man. And, uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, man, how much of an impact that you've had over this, the poetry in New York. You know, because I, I talked to Eric Crow Draven. And, yeah. And, and it's crazy. I got to say one thing, because Crow is my brother. And when you played the opening track, I recognized that was taken from the cypher mm -hmm. from his show. And one day I told Crow, I said, brother, you are so creative. If you were in the Wu-Tang, you'll be the Krizza. <laughs> so that's what I call him, the Krizza. <laughs> exactly, man, because it was, it was genius. That... That whole element of bringing these poets at that time together. And it, it was just something about that set that we did. That set, particularly, every poem complimented the other. You know what I'm saying? From the first poem to your poem to my poem, they all complimented each other. And that wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't like we all came together and we was like, yo, look, I'm going to do this one. You're going to do it. Nah, it was, just, it was just fate. And it was genius. But talking to Crow... He told me, like, I talk first, it goes all the way back to real. Now, the real, that's my brother, man, <laughs> you know, good good brother of mine. And um, yeah. he was on the scene the same time I was on the scene. And I really noticed him because he was grinding as just as hard as I was grinding that time. Like, every open mic or slam I would show up to, he would show up to. I was like, yo, this dude is on the grind, too. So we got close. But he, when I did an interview with him, Eric Crow name came up and he said this. He said, if it wasn't for Crow, there would be no real. So I, I started to follow, follow the breadcrumbs. And then I, I said, I gotta get an interview with Crow. You know what I'm saying? I just had time to get an interview with him. And um when when it came to your name, you know, how he spoke so highly of you 
And you know what I'm saying? How much you've influenced him in this game and how much you tutored him or mentored him in this game of spoken word. It was phenomenal. So I said I had to get the 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 godfather. You know what I'm saying? Cause you got you, you know what I'm saying? You always debonair, my brother, when you come out. You know what I'm saying? You come out to a show. I see you at every event. You never come out there without no brim. You got your, you know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? You always I was sitting in the house, it was too hot, but you know what I mean? It was <laughs> exactly. You always you always got your brim and you always clean, my brother. And uh it, it, it's crazy, man, but your influence on the spoken word in New York, because I was in the trenches and I was there when it was the show we wanted to go to. And the shows that mm. we wanted to go to was the shows hosted by you, my brother. And it wow. was that the inspired word was a was a legendary spot. But you know what I'm saying? Not to take nothing away from Mike Geffner, you know what I'm saying? Wonderful brother. You know what I'm saying? But I I I know, you know what I'm saying, that you brought a certain energy to that 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 space and when you brought your energy to that space it brought the it brought the poets out because you're so respected in the world in our world you're so respected so it kind of it kind of brought that energy to that space so it makes that space so legendary like i know every poet that that really mattered or that was yeah. really instrumental they touched that stage. You know what I'm saying? They they touched that stage. And it's countless poets. But you brought something to that that space that was just legendary, my brother. So I wanted to ask you, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I wanted to ask you, like, how have you seen, when you came on the scene, how has the poetry changed? How has it, has it progressed? Have you seen us take it to new heights or do you see us you no know, are we are we just in this you know what I'm saying this cycle that just keep going around and round you know because when I came on the scene it was really hard yeah. for poets to get paid I mean like you had you had poets struggling out there you had brothers out there doing their thing you get features and things of that nature but for the amount of talent and and the amount of substance that we bring to entertainment you would think that poets would be much more highly sought after, much more highly paid. You got clowns that get paid, but when it comes to poetry, it's always that stigma that's, that, that's around us, oh, this is for free. You know what I mean? Like, you got to give your mm. art for free. So it's always a free element. But you, my brother, you know what I'm saying? You've seen it on both sides of the coin. You've seen the struggling artists come up. You've seen the artists that want to make a name for themselves, touch your, your stages. You know what I'm saying? You giving them that microphone, hand them that microphone, introducing them. I remember you introduced me one time when we was at the Mike Geffner, the uh, Mike Geffner joint. It was an inspired word. And I believe it was you. You was the one hosting it, and you came and introduced me. So it was like, wow! It, it it's it's just like I want to know from you firsthand experience. How have you seen the state of poetry? Has it progressed? You know, are we moving in the right direction? Coming from a legend as yourself, my brother. Oh wow! So uh, take the two parts of that: the evolution of the the art form and the performers thing about getting paid mm. now with any art as time goes on you start to see less true artists and more mimickers mm. when I first came on the scene in 99 you could have an open mic 20 names on that list 
no two poets sounded alike. Mm. Everybody was original. No one trying to sound like the next person. Truly original. 20 names. The downside to that began when slam became very popular. Mm. And then certain styles of slam became the go-to. So a lot of artists started performing to win the slam versus performing to showcase themselves, mm. you know, and what, whatever the most recent national champion won with, that's what they did. And after a while, it got to a point where you knew how the poem was going to go because it would start with that one word. Mm. Then the slow pause of words at the knee <laughs> so you can believe that I am introspective. Then they would pick up their voice and talk a little faster because now this is the important part <laughs> of the poem. And I'm going to keep this rhythm to let you know that this is the important part of the poem. I might turn this way and pause like this or turn this way and pause like this. But then, and then I go into the rhythm and I go into the cadence and I go into the rhythm and I go into the cadence just like a Baptist preacher when he knows it's time for the organ to hit the dun-dun, and I'm going to roll and roll and roll and roll and stop and slow and stretch out the last sound so you know. I left my heart on the stage. Mm. <laughs> and everybody started copying that style. Oh, man. Yo, I got I to gotta give you a round of applause for that. Hold on. Because, yo, like, no, like, no joke. That, that sound like a real poem. That sound like a real poem. Like, I don't know if you just, if that was just off the rip, or, but that sound like, that's a real poem. Like, you can put that in your arsenal and perform that, because I get exactly what you're saying right there. Oh, my God. But, that, but that's what happened. And then when people were slam-oriented, they all had their cadence. Mm. The thing that caused uh, like people to become stagnant is when poets performed in the same spot in front of the same people mm. and they'd had no growth. Mm. When you step on that stage in front of those familiar faces, they're going to whoop and holler for the same thing you're always doing. The great thing about the new yo, forget about the slamming. Mm. You were in a room with 200 some odd people, young, old, straight, gay, black, white, Puerto Rican, tourists, foreigners, the whole world was in that room. And if you're reaching them, you're reaching them because of the art, mm. not because your boys write the same way as you and cheer you on. Mm. Um, occasionally you'll find those diamonds that were willing to showcase themselves but the last nail nail in the coffin was a uh, HBO Death Poetry Jam mm. and then people saw that and, then that and became, like I gotta write 
to get on the show or I got a right to get famous. But it wasn't following the same trajectory as Dev Comedy Jams, a whole different art form. Mm. So over the course of time, it sort of less originality. Um, I left, left the scene more or less uh, about 2018. You know, I, health reasons slowed down and stopped performing. Mm. So I really haven't been on the scene since then. Uh, I'm sure there's some bright stars out there. But just like with R&B, rap, movies, very little people are originals. It's all rehash, rehash, reboot. That's it, it, you know. that's profound, man. Because I did an interview with Slingston Hughes, and um, he got a poem that he has said that he has said. He said, "How do you got a poetry voice?" He was like, "How you have a poetry voice?" He said, well, "How you sound and you trying to sound deliberately trying to sound like someone else," and he made that very same point you're making of of that that lack of originality that there only can be just you 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 are so mm-hmm. original in your natural form you don't have to try to mimic to be someone else because you the way you are are unique because there's no one like you but i i definitely get that sentiment what you're saying man and how it becomes redundant you know and and i i think that falls into the purpose of why people write but you got some individuals who write for a purpose you know what i'm saying like when i did the interview with nagoma hill Nagoma said, oh. "Yeah, I, I know. You know, say, I know you know the brother, man. Nagoma, he said, I was like, I asked him a question, and he was like, yo, he said, I don't write poetry for oohs and ahs. I write poetry for social change, for change. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a message." of why I write is not because I'm trying to write to, to sound slick. Oh, I just put these bars together. I just put these stanzas together and it sounds slick. Ain't nobody said nothing like that before. No, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to use this medium to get to you to say, all right, look, we got to affect change. And I think that's the reason why you have some poets who excel over the rest, who, who become like, legendary that's how that 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 terminology of legendary get attached and affixed to your to your pseudonym because of the fact of the work you put in and you didn't try to put work in trying to sound like someone else you put work in being you and interpreting what you saw and interpreting it to us or translating it to us the audience in 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 in, in a wonderful fashion the way you always do my brother so kudos to you my brother now, now we get and the the bottom line, you any artist, you're creating art for yourself. Mm. If other people can pick up something from it, that's the blessing. Indeed. But you're creating it for yourself. The moment you try to create, like Ngoma said, to get the oohs and the ahs. You're lost. You lost. You're lost. Exactly, man. Now, now the other part of that equation, mm-hmm. I like I said, I haven't been in the scene in a long time. But I, I hate to think that features are still getting paid fifty dollars for a spot. Word, right? <laughs> I, I would hate to think that. But the problem is, the 
average poet so organic with the work than not thinking like a business person. Mm. My philosophy was if you're invited to perform someplace, you need to tell them this is my price. This is why show your body of work. Mm. A promoter should have a budget already set to have money for the talent. Your pay is the future should not be dependent upon how much they take in at the door. That's right. You invite me, this is what it costs, this is why, let's talk. You invite me to be a feature, I should not have to promote your show to put seats to put people in your seats. That's right. In order to get paid. That's right. You're inviting me, you need to step up your game, promote. Indeed. And pay. But poets are too afraid. They're too afraid that if I say this, it might kill a chance. If I say that, it may kill a chance. Mm. But if you don't speak up, nothing changes. That's right. Nothing changes. The famous phrase, do this for free, like you mentioned, is great exposure. Oh, yeah, that exposure word. That. <laughs> exposure is when you're out in the elements 20 degrees and you're not dressed properly. Exposure. That's right. I can book a space in the venue for myself to give me my own exposure. Mm. Stop doing those joints for free. A true exposure event is an event that will put you in front of an audience that you had no way of reaching yourself. Mm. Oh, I have this opportunity. It's an opening of a museum on the Upper East Side. I can't pay you, but it's great exposure. Hmm, who's going to be in that room? Mm -hmm. Socialize this, this, that. That's right. Exposure. So poets have to wise up and stop giving away the talent and not being afraid to say, what it's going to cost it's what's going to cost and and i learned that yeah. early man because when i first started out i would do anything for free because i was just so excited that people wanted to sit and listen to me so i'm like oh yeah i'll do it for free i'll do it for free and that was the that was always the beat over the head yeah this is great exposure but your breakdown of that is so genius because real exposure is it's going to be something that's going to put you in in the in the audience or put you in the realm of places you wouldn't normally get to by yourself cool. so if they mm -hmm. said they said oh we got we got something for you to perform at the grammys all right you get the grammy you get to perform at the grammys not even gonna be on the on the live set is going to they do the commercial but all those artists is going to be in the, in the audience that's exposure you know places yeah, things like that that's exposures that's a great that is a great advice to an inspiring poet or poets out there who want to really get in this game because i know from experience when they say struggling and starving artists yeah that was me you know i had my i never got rid of my nine to five but i will work mm -hmm. go to nine to five and right after the nine to five i'm going to a gig i'm going to a show i'm going to an open mic and i'm traveling all over i'm going to long island i'm going to the bronx mm -hmm. i'm going all over the place you know because i really want to I, I want my words to be heard 
and you get caught up in that in in your career in the in the early parts of your career but with wisdom and knowledge and you know you you find out you're like yo look man you, like I, I, I got a name for myself. I, I'm a prize. If you wanna, if you want, if you wanna hear me, then I'm pretty sure people know who I am. So book me, and you see how many people come. But but it is your job to be the promoter. It's not my job as an artist to say, okay, yo, look, I gotta get 50 people to come to this show. Like nah, if that's the case, I could have got those 50 people to just come for me. <laughs> you know, right? And got all the proceeds. It's like you turn me back to working for myself, and I'm working for you. It's like, come on, man. But it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> It's that I think we've all been through there, what you described, going to a different venue six nights a week, maybe sometimes twice, just doing it to hustle, get me mm -hmm. on, get me on. But too many performers never outgrow that. Mm. You know, that's great for that first few months that's or right. maybe that year to make that name. Mm -hmm. But after that, you gotta market go. yourself. That's right. Market Sell yourself. yourself. But work on your craft so when you say this is how much it's going to cost me. Exactly. Cost you to have me. Work backs that up. That's right. That's right. And that, and that and that's so important, man. And this is ladies and gentlemen, this is coming from like a true legend, man. This brother, he 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 introduced he's introduced so many aspiring poets at the time that went on and made names for themselves that went off and did, did great things, man. And, um, you was right there along the line, right in that mist, man. And like you rubbed elbows with so many different poets, man. And you yourself is a legend. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like you know. It's not like it ain't like you ain't got bars. It ain't like you ain't got. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like you won't get on the mic and do your thing. I wanted to get into that asphalt chalk lines on black asphalt. Uh, now that that the the title alone, the title alone, it pauses you and it makes you think. Because at the time you you recited that poem, I don't know when you actually wrote it, but I know you would have wrote it before you performed it. But at that time, it was so prevalent then, and it's still so prevalent now. You know what I mean? So to write a timeless piece like that, I want to, I want to, I want, please, I want us, you to walk us through, you know, what was the inspiration behind that poem? Because I got to get you to spit something, because they're going to kill me, man. They're going to like, yo, you had Nathan P. in the studio, and you didn't get him to spit night. I need you to spit something, but I really wanted you to walk us through that, that particular piece right there what inspired that piece chalk line on black asphalt so with chalk lines i think i wrote that in the early 2000s like 01 or maybe 02 but it was just the idea of the killings in the street and and not so much in real life do they do it but in the uh detective shows they always have the body outline and so this thinking we went from drawing in the streets to now body outlines. Mm. And I just sat with that idea for a long time. And I had a, a line in, in a notebook that I never use, but it became, it came to me rather when I was in a Chinese restaurant waiting for my order. And they had a, a goldfish bowl on the counter. And I'm looking at this fish. 
And I'm like, man, this poor fish, he's in this little bowl, but there's this whole ocean that he'll never get to explore. Mm. But this other voice said, but he doesn't know about the ocean. He's in this bowl. Mm. So I wrote a line. We cry for fish kept in tanks and animals locked in zoo cages because of their confinement. But if you never known freedom, can you truly recognize when you're being held captive? Mm. And I sat with that. And the ironic thing is, when you told me you were going to play a piece, that cipher piece, I'm thinking of the piece, the story of success, where it told the story in the cipher because it was six people but i didn't realize you were talking about that my setting behind me right for fish kept in tanks and animals locked in zoo cages wow. because of their confinement but if you never known freedom can you truly recognize if you're being held captive wow so that's a painting i did for that piece wow you painted that so yeah I painted wow. that. All the artwork, most of the artwork in my house, I painted. A lot of it is poetry based. Wow. But getting back to that piece, so once I had that hook, I sat for it for a while. And then when the um, the opening, I believe children are a future, teach as well and let them lead the way. But black white chalk lines on black asphalt then just started telling the story about being in the concrete cages mm. and how they used to be child's games but I knew the interlude or the middle piece I wanted to shift from playing Skelly to selling drugs mm. and when it clicked it's all about the caps mm. and once I had that together the beginning and the end morphed itself to make the full poem. Wow. So it started with the fish locked and kept in tanks. And yo, that's my red cap, man. No, get them blue caps out of here. You always cheat when we play Skelly. No, that's my red cap. I said, that's my red cap, man. I said, that's my red cap. You get them blue caps out of here. This is my red caps, blah, 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 blah. The, the, I thought that was so genius in that part of the poem, how you broke it down from the Skelzy playing the Skelly and then bringing it up to either even gang wars because it's so many different parallels with that. You know what I mean? Because you can look at the blue tops and the red tops, the bloods and the crips. The, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 when you had, like in Harlem, you have, oh, they got blue tops up the block. They got red tops down the block. Mm -hmm. Oh, they got black tops over here or whatever the case may be. But it's so many different parallels that, that you can use with that, with that piece of the poem with that stanza and um i thought it was it was amazing if you could if you could see my face in the in the in the time when he was recording that i'm like wow if you can when you when you saying this i'm listening to your words i'm like wow i'm like yo this is crazy the i mean the metaphor you used was so official that's why i decided to play that particular piece in the beginning because that piece right there, man, it was like, yo, man, this brother right here is legendary, man. You know, I mean, I love the parallel that you drew between those two worlds, those two extremes. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And, 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 and in a way, that's a, 
the sad part of how the poem became timeless, as you say, because it's 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 nothing changed. That's right. And that was the line that the tools are the same, the rules are the same, and losing just part of the game. But it's just the elevated game. Now that's the yeah, chalk just, lines on black asshole. It's just it's just amazing, man. But look, my brother, I need you to spit something for the show because my my audience ain't gonna they don't gonna let me live this down. So what I gotta do, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play some words from our sponsors, and then I'm gonna okay. set the stage for you. You can get get into your bag, do what you do, get ready. But I'm gonna play a couple of commercials, and we'll be right back with my brother, Mr. Nathan P. Let's get into this, cool. man. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. And now, two cents with the written in pain. Independence Day. I know we all have childhood nostalgia, summer fun with friends, lighting M80s, putting them in a cat. Having fun with friends with fireworks. Barbecues. Family coming from far and wide to eat some ribs and chicken. The thing about this holiday that's always bothered me when it comes to the black community is that this is the celebration the birthday, if you will, of America, the United States, a country that has always maintained a certain level of disrespect for people of color. This level of disrespect has spanned over multiple centuries all over the globe. So the idea that African-Americans, black people, if you will, have allowed themselves to become so brainwashed, so detached from their history that they've allowed themselves to partake in the celebration of the birthday of a nation that helped destroy not only their ancestors, but future generations up until this very day. And I get it. It's a day off from work. It's a time to go visit family or have family come visit. And I'm not knocking that. But there's a lot of days set in the, in the calendar year for that to happen. Also, I feel like with the addition of Juneteenth becoming a national holiday, that maybe we can substitute 
the celebration of Independence Day. For that, maybe we make Juneteenth our Independence Day because I guess to quote the great Dr. Barashango, to celebrate one's enemies' triumphs over them, that's mental genocide. And that's my two cents. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Nathan P. Let's see, let's see. How we do it for time? You good on time. You good. All right. We'll dedicate this to anyone who has found love and lost it and found it once again. Because it happened to me once with this young lady. I still remember one of the first things she ever said to me. She said she had her daddy's legs. Well, damn, he must have been a sexy man. But it was a touch of her butterscotch-colored hands that flipped the switch of me that got my legs to dance to a syncopated rhythm to the beat of a heart. Now, I never dug the taste of butterscotch, but I sure do dig the taste of her. And if I could, I would pour it in medicine bottles and drink it as an elixir because her mixture has become a permanent fixture in my heart. A brand new one I just received from QVC, which stands for Quality Valentine's Control, to replace the ones, oh, I apologize, my echo is throwing me off. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna start it over? Cause I can, I can, I, if you wanna start it over and start over, I can cut this, this whole part out and it'll be, it'll, it'll be seamless. Nah, legends don't care. <laughs> I show the wrinkles, the seams, and the ripped jeans and all. Uh, the brand new one I just received from QVC, which stands for Quality Valentine's Control, to replace the one that was consumed in the fires of an old passion's flame. Being burnt to ashes that were created by the being burnt to ashes that were created by the breeze of my eyelashes as I blinked away the tears that built up after spending six months and nine years with the woman that showed me how much she cared to be alone. So I abdicated my throne, huh? But that was then and this is now. And now I'm addicted to Ms. Butterscotch ice cream. I could say she was the woman of my dreams, but that would be a lie because I'm not talented enough to envision someone as grand as her. As a matter of fact, what little creativity I did have is now gone because I can no longer imagine living life without her. They say behind every successful man stands a good woman, but I must be destined for stardom because she's standing beside me going forward together, except when she stops moving because she's already arrived. And she's just waiting for me to catch up. Funny thing is, even though we're in the same place, we're in two different states. But I found that prepaid phone cards from the corner bodega make it much more affordable to reach out and touch her. But at the same time, she's got me acting like a renegade librarian 
because I'm selling chat books on street corners, trying to raise bus fare to take a two-hour trip just to spend two minutes in her presence. But like Dunkin' Donuts, she's worth the trip because when I'm in her presence, I can't wait to strip. The exterior I show to the rest of the world, exposing my soul for her to see because she's my girl. As a matter of fact, she must be Supergirl because she has X-ray vision. That's the only way to explain how she can see into me, regardless of what I'm wearing on the outside. And I know she loves me because she told me. But even if she was mute, I would still know because it's evident in the things that she does, like the way she washes my hair in gasoline and then sends me outside wearing the hat made of magnifying lenses so the sun can light a fire in my brain. Talking to her, it's like talking to an old wino but a lot more sexy. Because you see, old winos are wise because you don't get to be old by, by being a fool. And the truth of the matter is, <laughs> it feels like I'm doing a poem with myself, but it keeps throwing me off. But that was a little taste of Miss Butterscotch ice cream. <laughs> That's how it is. That's the spoken word. That's the spoken word or world that they don't know. They see the stage. But when you get off the stage, when when iron sharpens iron and you got poets in the back getting their lines together, that's that that's that real grit. That's the real energy that's going on right there, man. That piece was a phenomenal, on. man. That's a phenomenal piece. One more time for my brother. Man. The thing that that I love most about being a host, it gave me the the ability to lose all fear performing. Mm. Mm. Because a host, you know, you improvise in a moment, play off of just what happened. And then as a performer, if I messed up, I used to be one of those. But after hosting, it's like, oh, well. That's, That's right. That's <laughs> right. Keep on going. They keep on going. Keep That's going. right. That's right, man. I mean, but the that- thing that uh, I'm sorry with that poem, and it illustrated to me firsthand, like the reason why I didn't like poetry in school, because they're telling you what the poet meant. Mm. They're interpreting what the poet meant, and that never made sense to me. Mm. And like when people look at artists, their music, and they say, "Oh, this means that. This means that." That never made sense to me. Mm. So this woman, after I did that poem, she came up to me and she referenced, you know, the line behind every great man stands a great woman. Well, I must be destined for stardom because she's standing beside me Mm. going forward together, except when she stops moving because she's already arrived and she's just waiting for me to catch up. I said, oh, and when you talk, is she a real person? I said, yeah. She said, oh, she sounds so wonderful. And the way you talked about her, that she has her life together and you all are are striving together. And if she's gotten success, but you haven't gotten there yet, she didn't give up on you. She's still right by your side till you made it there. And that's beautiful. And I was like, oh, well, well, thank you. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad it moved you. But I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was simply <laughs> writing about a sexual episode. <laughs> she stopped moving in the middle of it. I'm like, baby, you okay? 
<laughs> she's no, everything's cool. I already came. I'm just waiting for you to get yours. <laughs> so it's, it's all subject to interpretation. Indeed, man. Because art is subjective, man. And it's crazy, man, because you'd sit there and tell somebody about what they meant. No, it's, it means what it means to you. Like the artist, exactly. the artist wrote it for them. The artist wrote it for because it's very selfish. You write it for you, but other people can can benefit from it. That's the beauty of poetry, man. That's what I love right. about it, man. People can benefit for, and it wasn't even written for them, but they can benefit from it, man. And that was a dope piece right there, man. That, now I gotta ask you one more question, <laughs> man. I gotta ask you one more question because we getting close to the hour. But okay, the the group. Machismo redefined. Uh, yeah. now, now break you gotta break this down to the people, man. Cause these are like these are three big names, man. You know what I'm saying? These are three big names that came together. This reminds me of like LSG. Remember when LSG came together or TGT? Yeah. Or you know what I'm saying? You had these different artists that were so great in their own personal career come together and do a project together. It's epic. So please break that down for how did that get started and 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 tell us how that went well this was back in the uh the new york days during the time i was hosting the wednesday night slam mm. and a collection of different poets would come and i would call them the wednesday warriors because they were always there so there was this one brother uh i'll mention his name right now his name fred feliciano mm. and he had an idea for the group saw me, saw a chant, saw a crow, and he posed this idea of us doing the group. And he was Hispanic, and he's like, you know, redefining machismo, showing a different side. Mm. So the idea was we were doing monthly shows at the New Yorican, and each show was a different theme. And we would write poems and do poems to do with this hour-long show, show, sort of like little vignettes connected with group poems and pieces. Mm. And when we toured, we did several colleges, different states. Uh, one show, we had like an audience of 800 people. Mm. And we were very popular. Over the course of time, I became super close to Crow, super close to Chance. It also showed group dynamics. Mm. After a short span of time, the other cat started, and we we're like, okay, that's what you're saying? That's how you're feeling? Mm. And then we're better off not being in the group. Mm. So the group broke up, but Chris, Chance, and myself stayed close. And a couple of years ago, got together and did a machismo redefined mm. when the three of us came together and uh did our thing that's but I'm, it would show a softer side of being the man being macho mm. and uh espousing womanhood championing the woman and we had a great time with that 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 was i mean it was dope man the concept was was just dope and uh those those names you know what i'm saying because because chance Crow and yourself, you know what I mean? These was names that was known. These was known names that was in the, the poetry community. Because wasn't Chance um, down with tantalizing uh, poets? I no, to... Chance with, um, oh, I'm going to mess up their name. 
El Grito de Poetas. I know oh, I'm missing it up. Okay, okay. It's been so long. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Simply Rob. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, I know exactly. Advocate of words. Mm, wow. Yeah, yes. The whole collective of them. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah. I remember. But that was do- that was crazy, man. That was a, that was a dope. You know what I mean? Coming together and forming those different elements and bringing it together as one. Because y'all very creative, man. Very a very creative bunch a, a group that can i can see those shows going so seamless man as far as bringing acting in there and you know what i'm saying monologues and things of that nature i can just see just how official it would be man but i thought i'd just ask you about that but listen my brother the time has come we getting we getting to that time but i need you i I'm, I'm I'm asking, you know, I'm humbly asking that you bless us with another piece, man, to close the show, man. Like bless <laughs> bless the people, and then we'll get into your accolades and where we can find you. How can we support you? Right. Like what what we can do to you know what I'm saying to really show and appreciate what you've contributed to this art form for the years over the years, my brother. So let me set the stage for you one more time, man. You know what I'm saying, and uh, <laughs> bring you back to the stage, man, in proper fashion. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Nathan P. Mm. (laughs) I, I, I think I'll be able to remember this one regardless of the reverb. B C D E F G H I J K L M N O Nathan P Q R S T U V W X Y Z Now I know my ABCs Poetic Black Thanks for having me Yeah Profound, my brother. Profound. The rendition of the ABCs that only Nathan P can deliver. My brother. Oh my goodness, man. Genius, man. The your approach, your approach is crazy. Your approach 
to the simplest things, man. The simplest things that make so much poetry, make so much depth and substance to a poem. It's phenomenal, man. Like I really recognize as a as a love of this art form, I recognize what you do, my brother. Now, I need you to tell us, man, what can we do to support Nathan P? Where can we go? You got any books? You got any CDs? You got anything you need us to promote for you? Let us know and where we can find you so we can support and, you know what I'm saying, try to do something to contribute to what you've given to us as a poetry community. So tell us, my brother, where we can find you at? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Nathan, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. That's what the P stands for. I don't perform anymore. I know I'm honored to come out here and be with you tonight. I appreciate so to support me, just support the art form. Mm. To support me, just be original. Mm. Bring it back to the old. Don't worry about the next person. Do you. Be proud of you. Be proud of the work that you do. To support me, advocate for yourself so you get paid to do those performances. Reach out to artists that do it successfully on a large scale. Get tips from them, a.k.a. Helena D. Lewis. You know, that's how you support me. Mm. Just taking yourself to the next level. You know, and like you, my brother, man, you're doing great works. I'm proud. I heard a couple of the episodes. Proud of what you're doing. Thank you, my brother. You know, congrats to you. You know, so folks like you doing what you do, that's how you support me. Most definitely, man. My my brother, man, you are a king in this game, man. And we really honor and we really respect you, my brother, for real. And this is coming from the bottom of my heart. Like, for real, for real, my brother. I really honor and respect your contribution to this art form that I love so much. I love so much, man. You've given so much to it. And uh, you've helped so many different artists along the way. And I just thought it'd be right that you come on the show, man. We just you know, praise some of your accolades, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you oh. always so smooth in the background. And you, you know what I'm saying? You never like, ah, oh, look at me, look at me, man. But that's what legends do, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what legends do. And we can see the body of your work. We can see your contribution. And we all thank you, man. For the, on behalf of the poetry community and Spoken Soul Sessions, man, we thank you, my brother. I thank, I thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for those words. Most yeah. Definitely, man. And y'all go check him out, man, on YouTube because he got some stuff on YouTube. You can check out Nathan P. You got a slew of inspired word joints. I mean, go check my brother out, man. He's been he's a legend in the game, man. And uh, your pieces always bring so much wisdom, make me think. You know what I'm saying? And it, it sparks pieces for me. It sparks pieces. Like those pieces you was just giving clarity to. It's, it's sparking things in my mind that I know I'm going to write to. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want to touch on these things. Yeah. And, that, and that's what we do. We inspire each other, man. And you are an inspiration, yeah. man. So once again, my brother, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for even spending this time. I know you are a busy brother. And um, I appreciate you taking this time, man, your personal time to come on and come oh. to the studio, man, and, and spend it with us, man. We appreciate it. Pleasure's you. all mine, brother. Most definitely. I, I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Definitely. Thank you, my brother. But this is the part of the show when I talk to the audience 
and I, I leave them with some inspiring words. So let me pull up my music to do that. I need you. I need you to hear the sound of my voice. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, know, know that I'm your biggest fan. Know that I believe that you can take it to the next level. I want you to understand something. If you can feel me, if you can hear me, know without a shadow of a doubt that I love you. And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.